You're listening to A Preacher's Life, a podcast about a preacher's life, his work, and his family. And now here's the host of A Preacher's Life podcast, Doug Ellingsworth. Nothing stirs a fiery debate more than a discussion about how people dress and how they present themselves. Even folks who say it doesn't really matter will argue their point as loudly and as long as you want to listen. It's the subject that never rests, and neither does it ever lack for debaters because every young generation that demands their right to dress however they want today becomes tomorrow's old fogies who demand that their children cover up and their kids wear something decent. For the past several months, the debate of choice has been men's facial hair. Should men wear beards, mustaches, goatees, monkey tails, or any other variety of natural hair arrangements on their faces? Now, since I am viewed by some as a leader of sorts, I've been pressed to give my opinion, so here is a verbal snapshot of why I advise leaders and influencers to be clean-shaven. For the sake of saving words and time, in this short discussion we'll have here today, I'm going to lump all facial hair terms into the beard category. So from now on, when I say beard or beards, please remember that I'm referring to any and all types of facial hair that a man can choose to maintain. And also here at the beginning, let's just settle the fact that having or not having a beard does not make you more or less of a man. If that's your best argument, then you really need to go back and learn what being a man really means. Most adult males can grow a beard and have sex, but neither of those make you a man. Now, the Bible doesn't say whether God loves or hates beards. It does tell us that Joseph shaved before he went to meet Pharaoh and that the Jewish men weren't supposed to trim the corners of their beards. And even though the New Testament never mentions it, an Old Testament prophet indicated that the Savior would have his beard plucked. So the best I can conclude from reading my Bible is that God left the decision about wearing or not wearing beards up to you and me. Now, most of those in my circle who encourage men to grow beards point back to the hippie movement of the 1960s as that moment in time when people began opposing men growing beards. But the very fact that beards became a symbol of rebellion in the 1960s indicates that there was already a deep-seated expectation that men would be clean-shaven. But even in those turbulent years in the 60s, I can remember facial hair among some of the apostolic men in the churches I attended in California as a boy. One pastor I knew had a mustache. and I didn't know it then, but later on I'd grow up and marry his niece. And occasionally, our fellowship meetings would be blessed with the presence and violin of Brother Herman Berg, a full-bearded German elder who had received the Holy Ghost at Azusa Street. And every time he came... He was treated like a returning war hero. The shave or not to shave debate was around long before the Vietnam War and its protesters. I'd venture to say that 
whether or not a man should shave has been debated as long as men have existed. And neither is this beard debate a Pentecostal or apostolic one. It's a human issue that's been around for a long, long time. And as I've mentioned already, it will probably remain as long as there are men on the earth. For instance, back in the 1860s, Abraham Lincoln led the United States with a beard. But a few years later, when the teenaged and bearded British poet Rudyard Kipling came home for the first time in three years, he says that the beard was gone within one hour of being in the presence of his scandalized mother. While beards continued to be common in the early 1900s, they were the exception rather than the rule by the 1920s. And in the 1940s, Captain Richard Winters, made famous for his leadership in World War II in both the book and the movie Band of Brothers, tells of shaving nearly every day of the war to encourage discipline among the men that he led. And if you look back at photos from the United Pentecostal Church merger in 1945, there weren't too many beards in the crowd. Studies and surveys indicate that today people continue to have strong opinions about beards. National Public Radio described a study that indicated that most children dislike men with beards. Newsweek ran a poll that said people trust clean-shaven men more than they do bearded men. An Australian survey showed that elementary-age children preferred a man with a beard to hunt dinosaurs with, but if they were going treasure hunting, they wanted a clean-shaven man. Another survey said that women are more attracted to men with beards, but the same percentage thought that bearded men were more likely to be too aggressive toward women. And in a final survey that I'll mention, if a man is a, an expert on a single topic, this survey said that having a beard lended credibility to his claim. And then a few years ago, on the popular television game show, Family Feud, they asked 100 women what made a man look sleazy. And the fourth most common answer was facial hair. So I tell you all of this to simply point out that people still have very strong opinions about men and beards. Back during the pandemic, in the middle of 2020, I was still pastoring and I was looking for online Bible study material that I could um, pass on to our church family. Uh, I received an email invitation to join a preacher on his uh, online Bible study. And so I thought I'd look in on it to see if his material would, would suit our needs. I learned real quickly that this, this guy was a little more liberal than I am. And the first clue was that his method of outreach involved uh, several bottles of wine and a box of cigars. But I, I still stayed to see what he had to say, and he presented some very good material. As a matter of fact, it was good enough that I, I wanted to keep listening to what he had to say. And he told the viewers that um, if they would go into the comment section and list any questions they had, then he would come into those comments and answer them. So when his presentation was over... I scrolled down through the comments and followed along with the discussion. Well over 100 comments that I scrolled through in those few minutes. 
But as I scrolled through them, I noticed something. There were many comments that did not refer at all to anything the preacher said or any of the material or ask any questions. These comments spoke only and directly to his appearance. It talked about his facial hair. Over one-third of the comments made no reference to anything else except the speaker's facial hair. And even though this, this group watching was probably uh, quite a bit more religiously liberal than I am, his appearance nevertheless distracted from his message. I've been looking at a, a brand new book that's out, and this book is, is a story of the recent war in Afghanistan, and it's written uh, by a U.S. military officer and his Afghanistan interpreter. They've written this together. The book's called Always Faithful, a story of the war in Afghanistan, and the author listed is Major Tom Schumann, who's a major in the United States Marine Corps. But in the book, when the, the Afghan interpreter describes the time when the, their government collapsed and the Taliban came in and were, were killing everybody, he described it in these terms. He said, when the Taliban took over, they came into our communities with their beards and black makeup around their eyes. And he goes on, tells the story uh, more lengthy than I have time to, to relate to you here. But in essence, he said that all of the men began growing beards so that they could kind of fade into the background and weren't as easily identified by the Taliban who were still trying to hunt down any who were loyal to the former government or who would not line up with them. There continues to be around the world strong opinions and feelings about facial hair. Now, everything that I've said so far is to answer the question that was posed at the very beginning. Why do I recommend that leaders and influencers be clean-shaven? So, here is the answer. Number one, I've been called to be a minister of Jesus Christ, and my life must be devoted to carry His message to the world. The Bible reminds me I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price, and people will react to my appearance, and that reality has to influence every decision I make. Number two, Facial hair puts a barrier, at least initially, between the man and a significant percentage of the population. Number three, children who do not grow up around men with beards often mistrust men who have them. Number four, beards can distract from the message that I want to convey. Number five, having a beard adds absolutely no value to my life or calling. And then the next one, a person has very little culture-changing currency, and I want to use mine for something that's more significant and eternal. So, considering these factors, I conclude that having a beard would add nothing to my ability to fulfill my calling, but would very likely put unnecessary barriers between me and the people I've called to reach. For aspiring leaders who look to me for advice, I advise the same. That's why I recommend that leaders and influencers be clean-shaven. Thanks for joining us for this episode of A Preacher's Life Podcast. For more information about today's discussion or to learn more about us, go to apreacherslife.com. Be sure to join us next time when we again explore A Preacher's Life.